Hi everyone, welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for the Enabling Technologies for Cell-Free DNA Meeting, part of the Molecular Diagnostics Europe Summit, taking place 23 and 24 May in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm Caitlin Kelleher, conference producer. We have with us today one of our speakers, Dr. Jörg Tost, Director of the Laboratory for Epigenetics and Environment at the National Center for Research on Human Genomics at the CEA. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Tost. It's a pleasure. What are the biggest technical challenges related to cell-free DNA analysis? How is some of your work addressing these challenges? So I think we have seen huge advantages in the technologies, but also in the hopes for cell-free DNA analysis in the last years. But there are a lot of challenges which still remain. So, of course, cell-free DNA associated to a given disease, so for example, cancer, is often present only at low amounts and The DNA is diluted into a very high background, leading to a low signal-to-noise ratio, especially if we talk about early disease. And as I said, people have developed very sensitive technologies to detect these mutations. But what, of course, remains a major issue is how many DNA molecules you really can put into your assay. And this will, in many cases, require the draw of much larger blood volumes than what is currently done, what is I think, ethically acceptable and possible also in clinical routine. Furthermore, so there are a lot of these technologies which use high-depth sequencing combined with error suppression algorithms for variant calling. But of course, they will be very difficult to be economically viable on a population-wide scale. If we go early detection, which is one of the very big questions or applications for cell-free DNA analysis. And then, of course, the question is, we are very sensitive, but what does it mean? And we know that we have seen some studies that, for example, below a given threshold, threshold, the mutation will not have a big influence on the clinical sensitivity anymore. Also, I think it's unclear what really we have to look at. Is it only the presence of a given mutation or is it how this changes? Is it the absolute change or just a relative change between repeated samplings? And I think we have been concentrating very much only on the detection of somatic mutations. And we have been realizing more and more the shortcomings for looking at this because mutations can arise over very different places and they may arise in different genes due to a given treatment. So it's very difficult to be always at the right space and place to look at this. So I think that, for example, analysis of DNA methylation analysis and cell-free DNA has some advantages as we know much better where this aberrant methylation will occur. But this comes at the price of a loss of specificity because many diseases, cancer and non-cancer, will show the same changes. And similar for microRNAs, which are easy to detect but rarely really specific for a disease. And difficult also to really make a connection to, for example, the tumor. And I think this goes together with another challenge that we really don't understand where the molecules we are looking for are coming from. Are they really shed by the tumor or is it more a question of immune response, systemic response of blood cells, whatever is happening? So we have been trying to address some of these challenges since a few years. So we have developed enrichment technologies such as enhanced ice-cold PCR, which we really try to use for the analysis of both symmetric mutations and DNA methylation analysis. And the idea behind it is really simplicity and standard laboratory equipment. 
So this, this idea, this technology is based on initial work from the laboratory of Mike Macri-Georges at Dana-Farber in Boston. And then we have to further develop using blocking oligonucleotides, which will impede the amplification of something you actually don't want to see. So this can be wild-type DNA without the genetic mutation or, for example, unmethylated methylation pattern, which you see only in the normal tissue. And by this, we can then enrich what really interests us. And you combine this with any readout technology you want. You can use sequencing, NGS, pyrosequencing, or just if you are interested in a very rapid result, high-resolution melting analysis. And as I said, it's a technology which is simple. It uses 96 well plates, so you can process in parallel quite a lot of different samples, but it remains flexible, and it's possible to get results once your DNA is extracted in a few hours. So it's really a technology which is compatible with clinical decision-making. And because you have enriched the mutation, it's very easy to see it, so there's no big deal in interpreting the results. And as I said, you can use it for DNA methylation and you can use it for somatic mutations. So as I said before, one of the challenges is really to combine different molecular levels. So a second thing we are trying is to look at different molecular levels in the very same sample. So looking, for example, at microRNAs and DNA, DNA methylation in a single plasma sample, which of course is challenging due to the limited amount what we have. But I think this is the way we will go in the future even more. How will technology evolve to utilize other circulating biomarkers? What can the field expect next? So I think that, just as I said before, we have realized that a single molecular level is not sufficient. And we have seen at the end of last year some very promising studies combining some very old protein markers plus mutation detections, which allowed in the end early detection of a number of cancers at a very early stage for which no molecular markers for early detection have been previously been available. And I think this is the way we have to go. We have to realize that neither mutations nor microRNAs no DNA methylation, no proteins only will give us the required sensitivity and specificity what we need. But if we are able to combine these different levels, we will not only get more information, but we will probably get synergistic value between these different levels. So I think this is one of the big fields where we have to work on and we will see much progress in the next years. And I think the second point is we are talking only about cancer and prenatal screening for cell-free DNA analysis at the moment. But with this, we also know that a number of diseases where there is cell death, so for example, diabetes, we can detect the, for example, the DNA methylation patterns associated with insulin-producing cells in the bloodstream. So I think what we do now use for cancer will also have great applications in any disease in which cells are dying or under a lot of stress, which will also include all the inflammatory diseases, which will just expand this field enormously. What are you most looking forward to at the Enabling Technologies for Cell-Free DNA conference? I think it's one of the conferences I really like to go every year. It's quite a good size, so there are a lot of people, but not too many. So you really have a lot of time to talk to the other people, to get feedback on the results you have presented from really the experts in the field. And 
I think it's a good place to be really on top of the technological developments and improvements which have been recently made. And I think the main advantage of this conference is, while there are other streams more on the clinical application, this is really on the technology, because on many big conferences what we see are the results of clinical trials using liquid biopsy, but actually the technological sites are very often not presented in much detail, and this is something where really the focus of this conference is on there. And I think it's really a good lineup of speakers every year, which changes and gives you a good overview over the field. So I look forward very much to joining in this year again. Thank you for your time today, Dr. Toast. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. That was Dr. Jorg Toast of the National Center for Research on Human Genetics. He'll be speaking at the Enabling Technologies for Cell-Free DNA meeting at Molecular Diagnostics Europe on May 23rd and 24th. If you'd like to hear him in person, go to MolecularDXEurope.com for registration information and enter the key code podcast. I'm Caitlin Kelleher. Thank you for listening.